What's up, Farmers? Welcome to the Farm Athletic Company podcast. I am your host, Andrea Warner. I am also the co-owner and co-founder of Farm Athletic Company. If you would like more information on us, please visit our website at www.farmathleticco.com. And now, on to today's show. What's up, farmers? Welcome to episode number eight of the Farm Athletic Company podcast. And today I have one of our amazing coaches, the beautiful Veronica Starr, mm-hmm. on our show today. What's up, Veronica? How you doing? Wonderful. How you feeling? Good. Good. So I'm super excited to talk to you today because whether you know it or not, you have a really cool story that I want you to share with everybody. Like, it's actually a really incredible story. So... You, part of what I'm excited for you to share with everybody is that you started with us as a member before you were a coach. And you also started with us when you, we were like unapologetically CrossFit, very CrossFit, um, in our programming and our methodology. And we've since evolved and changed, not because we hate CrossFit because we don't, we have, we have a ton of respect for it. It's just our evolution and our education has changed. So you started with us, we were just talking about this, we'll just say 2017, 2018, somewhere around in yeah, there. somewhere around there. And what I want you to kind of talk about for a second is where you were in your life at that time. Okay. Do you remember? Yes, I do, actually, pretty clearly. So I was 24 when I came to the gym the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the moment that I was like, okay, I need to change. So... I woke up one morning and I think I was going to go like mow the lawn or something. And I sat on my couch to put my shoes on and I bent over to tie my shoes and I was completely out of breath. And I was like, okay, we're 24. We can't tie our shoes. We have to do something. So I, before we moved to Jacksonville, cause we're from Orlando originally, um, <clears throat> I'd already found, I looked up CrossFit gyms in Jacksonville. Hers was the first one that popped up and it was like three minutes from the house. So I was like, it's perfect. Took me a year to get into the gym, but once I did, um, I really fell in love with the entire process of it. Although my first workout was a bit of a challenge, but <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember. I think I remember. Yes, that. yeah. You stopped me halfway and you gave me a banana, mm-hmm. and you were like, "You're done. <laughs> you're done." And you know, it, at the age of 24, to realize that you're out of breath. Yeah. And for for a lot of people, that might be like their normal. Yeah. They might think that that's their normal every day maybe that they have asthma or something along those lines. But for you, you realized that that was not your normal and that there was something wrong. So at 24 years old, describe to me what your lifestyle looked like, like what your daily life looked like. What did you do? Breakfast, lunch, dinner, activities, going out, staying home. Like what did your whole lifestyle look like at the age of 24 that got us to that point who so when it comes to like nutrition at that time it was whatever I could find to eat is what I ate there was there wasn't like breakfast lunch dinner it was a lot of snacking a lot of fast foods a lot of fried foods and a lot of beer like I drank (laughs) all the time and now looking back I can't even even try to drink as much as I used to like I used to drink probably seven days a week um and that quickly stopped once I joined the gym because I couldn't, I couldn't eat 
poorly and then also drink all night and then come to the gym the next day to work out. Next, we also didn't have air conditioning. We didn't have air conditioning okay. and it was a very competitive environment. And me being a very competitive person, I wanted to, I didn't want to finish last. You know, right. as long as I, I, didn't, I knew I wasn't going to finish first, I just didn't want to finish last. And the worse I ate throughout the day, the worse my workouts were. So it kind of, so me starting to work out um, doing CrossFit kind of balanced that out. So I started like drinking breakfast smoothies with like fruit and protein. Then I started eating like chicken and rice and broccoli. I completely <laughs> changed everything just by just from working out, just to make my workouts a little bit easier. Which is fantastic. And yeah. you did it on your own, realizing that what you were doing was not matching, not ma- was not making you feel good in the gym. Right. And what you were doing in the gym, even though you were in the gym working out and doing things, that wasn't making you feel better either because what you're doing outside of the gym didn't match. Right. So it didn't matter how hard you pushed in here. It, it wasn't, there was a disconnect. Right. Right. So fast food, all the alcohol, all the beer, all the alcohol, fried foods, snacking, just an overall, what sounds like a typical American diet. Yeah. Right. And led you into realizing that, Hey, this is not healthy, especially for the long term. So you're joining the gym. Talk to me at that time also about career, life, stress, because I, I kind of want people to see that V had a bigger picture that was, wasn't was just food and alcohol. Mm, yeah. Right? <laughs> because, and a lot of people feel that way. Like, we we talk all the time about, you know, fitness and nutrition being relatively new. And everybody sees this as diet and exercise. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm going to work out, I can only eat steamed chicken and boiled broccoli. And I have to go to the gym five days a week, and then I can't eat as much. And everybody sees it as a very restrictive kind of lifestyle. And then they're either all in or they're all out. So once they're out of restrictive lifestyle... Then we're back to being where we were. And this is why people, this is not a sustainable thing. Like Sienna and I talked about last week, it's about something you can sustain for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. So, but there's more to it than just starving yourself and working out or not starving yourself and eating and drinking whatever and not working out. Mm -hmm. That there's a lifestyle that's involved that goes with that as well like hours that you work, the stress that you have, like one thing leads to another. So talk to me about the job you had at the time, your relationship, because I believe you've been with your amazing wife for a long time now. A long time. Long time. (laughs) So talk to me about lifestyle stuff that could have also contributed to you getting to where you felt like you were unhealthy. So when we moved to Jacksonville, it was very easy for us to just eat out because Mm -hmm. we didn't know the area. Um, And it's also kind of hard to shop, to grocery shop for two people, but that's a different situation. (laughs) But um, so we ate ate out a lot, trying to get to know the area. And then I was working for Wawa. I was a manager there for seven years. That's a very high stress job. So I was stressed out. And then we also had, um, I believe my mother-in-law and my cousin were also living with us. So Mm -hmm. there wasn't a whole lot of room to like escape, to be by yourself. So my stress was through the roof. I wasn't sleeping. Um, you know, it's when you don't get that reset time yeah. to 
decompress. So when you go home, like a lot of, for majority of us, like for me, my home is my sanctuary. So like when I'm at work, I'm talking to people all day long. I'm communicating all day long. When I go home, I want to be able to shut that off. And when you go home and you feel like you can't shut that off. Yeah. It's it it all kind of just piles up. It's like you're in that heightened state of stress Mm -hmm. for a long time. And I think what people don't understand is that stress from work being in a high stress position, stress of not being able to decompress the way that you want, even though they're family and you love them and you do anything for them, it's still, you still need time to just kind of be to yourself, right? All of that affects the choices that we make in our nutrition, the choices that we make in how we sleep, like when you go to bed at night, when you have to get up in the morning, how you sleep at night, does your brain shut off? Then it transfers over into working out versus not working out. Like there's a, there's a chain reaction that happens that I think that people aren't aware of. Like, oh, you know what? I used to be super happy. And then I took this high stress job, even though it pays really well, it's super stressful. That's transferring over to, I don't feel like cooking dinner. Right. I just want the fast food thing. All of that transfers over into, I'm tired. I don't want to go to the gym. It's pretty soon we're no longer taking care of ourselves the way that we should. Right. And focusing on ourselves. And right? I'm just I'm just thankful that during that time, DoorDash wasn't a thing yet. Because <laughs> that would have been awful. <laughs> oh, yes, I would like juice tap. <laughs> and ice cream. And bring me all the things. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been that horrible. That would have been horrible. Which... I'm so glad you bring that up because we live in a world of convenience Mm -hmm. and we've made it really easy for people to continue to not change their lifestyle. Like it's way easier to have DoorDash deliver pizza or tacos or whatever than it is to cook or grill chicken and roast vegetables and so on and so forth. So it takes effort to lead a healthy lifestyle. It takes effort to change and that awareness what I love about it is that suddenly you were aware Mm -hmm. something that was super simple to you in your daily life of tying your shoes yeah that was a moment where I was like we need to do something yeah and it's like that triggering point and you know if more people could be aware of that and realize you like you know what like it used to be really easy for me to tie my shoes yeah it used to be really easy for me to walk to the end of the driveway and get the mail and now I'm like huffing and puffing or struggling to do those kind of things. So it's time to do something different. Yeah. Right. So you come into our gym when we were CrossFit and I know that you went through the on-ramp that we had at the time. I believe everybody had to go through four sessions of like squats and burpees and yeah. Yeah. Of of those kinds of things. (laughs) And for you, it worked well for you because you're competitive Mm -hmm. and I believe that it fits people People that are competitive, it fits perfectly. Um, you're one of the things I, I really want us to talk about, though, is as you started working out with us, you started developing back pain. Mm. Yes. And I remember you went through quite a long phase of my back hurts. Mm-hmm. It was a couple of years. I and think two years. We went through a phase of, well, let's look at your deadlift. And let's look at how you squat. Like, but we didn't have an answer for why V had back pain. Right. It was just, let's just avoid it and we'll work around it. Does that hurt your back? Okay, well, let's do something different. Yeah. So 
what started out as a healthy lifestyle transformation. And do you remember how much weight you lost? I lost 70 pounds. 70 pounds. Yes, 70 pounds. So during that weight loss journey, you went from not being able to breathe when you tie your shoe Mm. to coming into the gym that was very competitive and you nailed it to back pain. Yeah. What did you feel when your back started to hurt? Like, not not like how did your back feel, but like that's an emotional process. Like you've come so far. And now your back hurts and you feel like you're taking steps back. Like, do you remember what it felt like during that time when your back yeah. was hurting and things you were thinking about? So when it first started hurting, I was like, I brushed it off. I was like, it's fine. Like, I'm just not there. I'm not at the athletic level yet. Um, and one of my favorite lifts ever is a deadlift. And once I couldn't do that anymore because it hurt so bad, I felt really defeated. And I was like, okay, so I can come to the gym. I can work out. But we have deadlifts today. I can't do that. So like, and you look forward all day long to maxing out your one rep deadlift and you can't do it anymore. And on top of that, I also injured my shoulder. So a lot of the movements that I wanted to do, I couldn't do it anymore. And I kind of just, I think the friendships that I've made in the gym kind of forced me to continue to come after I was injured. Um, but it started really affecting my, my personal life, like washing my dogs. I couldn't bend over in that position. I have four dogs, so mm-hmm. I would line them up. And I couldn't do that for very long. <laughs> like a car was lining up. I couldn't sweep my floor. I couldn't mop. And then on my shoulder, I couldn't scrub like my island down. And it became very problematic for me. And I couldn't sleep. So, and then it was at the point where I was like, okay, so I've lost all of this weight. I'm injured, but I love the process. So what do I do? You yeah. know? And then I think during that time when after I was over it, I wanted something different. Like I wanted to fix my back. Um, we did an assessment. I think it was when we first started doing assessments. Yep. It was, um, it had to be somewhere around 2020. Yeah. Probably right after we came back from COVID. Right. So probably so, about a year into my injury. And you gave me some movements that helped. Um, and it wasn't until we started diving into active life and started figuring out, okay, so back problems come from, it could come from your hips, your glutes, it could from anywhere. And after I started strengthening my glutes and my hips, that's when the pain went away. And it was only like three days of work. Cause I remember that one day I walked into the gym and I could barely walk. I was in tears. I remember that. And just lay down. I was like, someone fix me. <laughs> someone do it. <laughs> this is not good. Yeah. And after probably about three days of doing the exercises that you gave me, my back was, was fine. Like the pain was gone. I had a dull ache in, in my hip for a few years. And so I'm a bit of a hypochondriac. I really <laughs> swore that I had like hip cancer. I was like, this is it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. We're going down. I'm done. Not, not like hip replacement no, or like cancer, like or tendonitis. Get rid of the hip. Oh my gosh. You don't, please tell me you're not a Googler. Are you a Googler? You no, Google I can't. I can't because okay, I will worry myself into a hole. Yeah. I can't into do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I can come in here into the office and see you just like with your hands <laughs> in your face. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Be what's wrong. I Googled. <laughs> I have cancer. <laughs> Everywhere. No, you don't. It's okay. <laughs> and, you know, it's, we experienced a lot of similar things to what you went through, um, which is part of the reason why we evolved the way that we did, because we really wanted to help people. And you were in mm-hmm. that same situation. Like, yeah, we helped you to lose weight, which was great. But then you couldn't wash your dogs. Right. You know, which is cool. You can do a deadlift one rep max of 
300 pounds. pounds. I'm so proud of it. And 300 <laughs> pounds. But you can't wash dogs. Yeah. You can't mop your floor. You can't scrub your kitchen counter. Like, it, there was a trade-off. So when things start to become a little bit more balanced, and yep, you can deadlift and feel really good and wash your dogs, hey, now we're winning. Yeah. Now we're winning at life. That's right. awesome. So it's okay that that deadlift isn't 300 pounds. Now you deadlift, we'll say, 185 for multiple reps controlled. But now you can wash your dogs. You can go hang out with your wife on the weekends and mm-hmm. not worry about clean my house whatever. Clean your house and live the life you want to live without being in pain. So you've had this huge life transformation of from stressful job and stressful eating stressful drinking, losing 70 pounds, back pain, shoulder pain, out of back pain, out of shoulder pain. What I think is really cool is about, uh, actually a year ago, we celebrated this yesterday, yesterday, before, a couple days ago, yeah. Um, You messaged me and said, hey, I think I want to be a coach. What does that look like? I was like, meet me at Juice Tap. Mm, Love Juice Tap. (laughs) Besides the fact that I like juice that selfishly, <laughs> we're going to talk about you. And we sat down at juice tap and I was like, so tell me, basically tell me what you're looking for. And what did you say? So at that time I was, <clears throat> I had every intention of going to nursing school. So I had, I left Wawa. I was in school full time, um, trying to work up so I can apply for the nursing program. And then as I was going through it, I started following a bunch of pages on Instagram, like nursing pages, and everyone looked just really miserable, right? And I was like, I've already had the high paying, miserable job. I really want to enjoy my life. You know, I don't want to be stressed out at a 10 all day long, like 24 hours a day, not being able to sleep, like I'm over it. And I had every intention of going to NASA and getting my personal training certification and like going to LA fitness. Like that's was, that was my idea. I, when we sat down and talked, I was really looking more looking for information of just how you did it. Like how did you become so successful? And then during the conversation, um, you were like, Hey, we have opening at the gym. Like you should come and work with us, whatever. And then I was like, Oh, I didn't even think about that. Like I, part of me thought about it, but I, I wasn't my attention. And then I started shadowing, um, classes and things. And that was, so you told me when we sat down and talked, you were like, coaching is more than just reading off the whiteboard. And I was like, sure it is. I was like, sure. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you get up in front of everybody and you have to really dive down, dig deep into all the movements and what we're doing and what muscles we're working and how this applies to real life. And I was like, oh, coach is right. Like, yeah. this is way more than yeah. um, just reading off a whiteboard. But I was looking for a change at that time. Um, I just wanted to be happy. I wanted to enjoy what I was doing. Yeah. You know, they say that. What's that saying? You never work a day in your life if you, what is it? Oh, if you love what you do, you never yeah, work a day in your that life. saying. Yeah. And I was like, people, enough people say it. It's got to be true. Enough, yeah. so there's some people out in the world who actually enjoy what they do, and I want some of that too. Yeah. Which is which I love. I absolutely love because that's what we want for all of our team. We want everyone to feel fulfilled and successful and to get to the point to where you're taking care of yourself both physically, emotionally, financially, all of the above. And we were very clear, like when you started, like, hey, we're gonna do this part-time mm-hmm. and we're gonna work you into a full-time position. Yeah, right? and it was perfect because I was still taking classes. So it was perfect combination of both. Yep. And you were still in school and we went through shadowing in the whole nine yards. So I've had a lot of people, especially when we posted that a, a job 
advertisement that we were hiring for a full-time coach, what it was going to pay, the potential of what it was going to pay. Suddenly all these people come out of the woodwork and they're like, I want to coach. This sounds great. That sounds like a great retirement job. And I was like, um, or a great full-time job. And my thought was, I wanted people to understand that this is not just a, this is not just something that you do, mm-hmm. right? So it's not like you just wake up one morning and you're like, I'm going to coach. Yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly you're really good at it. Back when I started, oh my gosh, uh, 2010, 13, over 13 years ago, coaching in a CrossFit style gym. I'm looking at probably 15 years, including personal training coaching. I I definitely did not start where I currently am. I started with, what in the hell am I doing? Mm. (laughs) Like, what do I give these people? Like, why do I give give this stuff to them? Like, okay, well, this looks like a really good workout. Let's try this. And when I was personal training people, when I very first started... The people would, these people would look at me and be like, I don't like that. Give me something different. I'm like, I just spent all of this time working on this program for you to tell me that you don't like it. You refuse to do it. And it left a really bad taste in my mouth for personal training because I was like, I, I thought what I was giving them was what would be really good until they looked at me and they were like, I really, I realized that they, that where I lived, they were just coming in to say that they had a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. They would do like three or four exercises, want to talk the rest of the time, and then leave. It's like, you're not really getting anything out of this. This is not making either of us look good. It's like, if you're introducing me as your trainer, and all we've done today is 12 lunges, and you talk to me the rest of the day about your job or your life or whatever, therapy-wise, that was great, or chat socializing-wise, it was great, but I didn't help you become any healthier. So then... Moving into the next gym that I went to, I started doing personal training on my own, and that's how I started. And I had people that were doing great, and then I jumped into being a CrossFit coach. And the way that I I shadowed, I personally shadowed someone for six months, seven months, before I went and got my level one. Um, Then I was basically put in the opening hours of coaching and I, it was like figuring out what worked and what did, what didn't. And it's been a constant process of learning for like 15 years because there's always something new coming out. It's the hardest part of being human is being human. So for you over the past year, like when we sat down to talk, I was like, you know, being on this side of the marker is really hard. Like, and it's going to be one of the hardest things that you do because everybody's going to be looking to you for answers. They're going to be like, so now what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you got to be like, uh, so we're going to do lunges. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be able to give the why. You have to be able to know what it does. You have to be able to know muscle groups, purpose, intention. People are coming to you for answers. Mm-hmm. And if all people are, if all coaches are doing is reading off a whiteboard and starting a clock and picking really good music, that's, that's only like, I don't know, 0.0001% of the job, right? So when you came to me and you said, this is what you want to do. 
And I was like, you're going to have to go through a lot of shadowing and a lot of watching, asking a lot of questions because we wanted you to be successful. Like the last thing we wanted to do was to stick you in front of a bunch of people and just have rocks thrown at you. Yeah. Cause that sucks. It's a horrible experience. And I gave you an assignment and I sent you to the coaches that we had and, and a previous coach. And I said, I want you to ask all of them like what they love about coaching, why they coach, what they don't like about it, why they no longer coach. And I sent you on your way for a homework, homework assignment. Mm -hmm. Was that helpful? It was so helpful. And what I found interesting about everyone's responses is so the, one of the questions um, you had me ask was how people started coaching. So that was all different. Um, but one of the questions you asked was a piece of advice they could give. And everyone told me to be prepared. I said, what everyone said. And I was like, okay, yeah, be prepared. That's cool. I'm like, but what does that mean? You know, like, and I've, as I started shadowing and coaching, I learned what being prepared meant. You know, like you need to have backup movements in case someone's knee hurts today, like all types of different things you needed to have in order to be prepared. Um, but honestly, it was a really eye-opening experience because I also asked them if they still enjoy it after all this time. And a lot of our coaches have been coaching for 10 plus years, mm -hmm. right? five plus years, way longer than I have. And everyone still enjoyed it. They all said that yeah, we, have, we, have, we have some days that are tough, but they all really enjoyed it and they all love it. And you can tell when you walk in here, everyone, all the coaches are very open and they're greeting and they're just shouting, hey, what's up, how you doing? You know, like <laughs> it's all like, there's a really good energy in here. So I know, and even at our, our old building, there was still really good energy. So I knew that when they were telling me that they still enjoy it, like you could see it in the way that they, that they presented themselves in the gym. Yeah. So Absolutely. it was and, very eye-opening for me. And you know, as a coach, we go through, yeah, we have bad days. Yeah. We never has bad Everyone day, has bad days. Right? Um, we might have a day where we're not feeling quite on point. Our job is to, basically, when you're on the floor, whether you're doing personal training, whether you're doing a group class, whether you're doing a semi-group, it doesn't matter. When you're on the floor, your job is to present. Mm -hmm. You're a presenter. You're on stage. You're on stage, 100%. And... Your job is to educate, captivate, motivate. Like your job is to make sure that every person that walks through this door is well taken care of. And it doesn't matter what situation they're in. Like I said, personal training, group class, semi-group, it doesn't matter. Every person that walks in this door is seen, they're heard, they get, they get the workout in. And sometimes it's not even about working out. You can tell when someone walks in this door and they're having a bad day. Mm -hmm. But we want to be the reason why they leave having a good day. Because it's it's possible to... Some people believe that when their morning starts out rough, that, oh my God, it's gonna be, this is going to be a horrible day. Yeah. It's like, well, it's 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> like You still have another 12 plus hours to go. It's possible to change a bad day into a good day. It's all about the way you perceive things and how... All it takes is someone paying you a compliment or coming into a gym and just having a coach listen to what you have to say and then be like, oh my God, I had such a bad day today. So-and-so, I got cut off this morning on my way to work. My kid chose violence this morning. Like I'm done <laughs> with all of this. And the coach says, I hear you. I get it. I'm sorry that you've had such a bad day. Let's do this. Let's hop on this bike let's bike for about five minutes and let's just talk about what you got going on. And once they get it out, 
like alleviating stress through verbally getting it out as opposed to hanging on to it changes our health. It changes our health immediately. It changes it for the long term. And that's the power that we as coaches have. And I don't think coaches understand that. I don't think people understand that coaches have the ability to do that. Like a lot of people look at us as just like fitness instructors and yeah. we give out jumping jacks and burpees and <laughs> send you on your way. And it's, it's about far more than that. And that was part of when you and I sat down at Juice Tap once again. <laughs> I'm hungry. Can you I tell? I love Juice Tap. <laughs> um, I, wanted, I wanted you to know how powerful this position is mm -hmm. and how important it is in not just people who walk in here, but in society. Like we, we have the ability to have a ripple effect on what happens outside of us. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think you've done a great job of understanding that this is a serious position. Mm, yes. I think, um, I didn't like after talking to all the coaches, <clears throat> I couldn't really comprehend like how big of a role this is until I started coaching, especially once I stopped shadowing and started coaching on my own. I was like, oh, this is like, people are trusting me with their bodies, like for an hour. Like, this is a huge role. Yeah. I haven't, I can't take this lightly, you know, but that's yeah. something that you can't really ever prepare for. You have to kind of just go through it and like learn as you go. Yeah, absolutely. And, and shadowing is, shadowing is super important because you get to see different, different styles of coaching. You get to see what other people see. Mm -hmm. Like when a coach points out, Hey, this person does that because their feet are weak or, Hey, this person does that because their hips are weak or so on and yeah. so forth. Things that you didn't see, but you're like, Oh, it suddenly becomes like a green light. Now it's things that you can't unsee. Oh yeah. You can't unsee it now. Like now you become in, it becomes such a habit. Like you naturally watch people walk down the street or you're in the mall and you're watching people walk down the mall and you're like, oh my gosh, that person's got some weak, hip, weak yeah, hips. Their ankles caving in. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it's, now it's things that you can't unsee once you know what you're looking for. But until you've gone through the shadowing process, you don't know that, mm -hmm. right? But sometimes going through the shadowing process can also create a shoulder to lean on. Like, hey, if I mess this up, I know that they're right here. To they're going to be right here slack. to just yeah. step in and be there. Suddenly, when you're out of the shadow, and it's just V, it's like, oh, it explain how that can be nerve wracking. Yeah. So my first solo class classes, it was five a.m., six a.m., and seven a.m. And I remember you were like, V, you ready? And I was like, yeah. I mean, at some point, I'm going to have to fly solo, right? <laughs> right. I remember I didn't sleep at all the night before. And I woke up. I got to the gym like 45 minutes early. <laughs> I set everything up that I needed to, like more than I should have. Um, and I was just like, all right, like three, like it's 5 o'clock. We have to go. And 5 a.m. was great. 6 a.m. gave me run for my money. 7 a.m. was great. But after those three classes, I was like, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. You know, like I, I realized I still had a whole lot more to learn than what I, I thought, like, I told myself that I was ready for it, which I needed to be. And I was up to that point, but I would love to like go back and just see how those three classes went, you know, just like right. watch it. Like, like <laughs> be, the, to be the fly on the wall. Yeah. It's like, wow. Yeah. I did that. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I said that. <laughs> that yes. was wrong. That, that could have been better. 
Yeah, the evolution even of ourselves because, um, you know, I played golf for, oh my gosh, for forever. Played collegiate golf, played professional golf, and golf is very much an individual sport. So it's hard because you have to be, nobody's out there watching you for four hours play. So you have to learn to be your own worst critic and your own biggest fan. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is, when I was out on the golf course, I had to, I kept track of my stats and I got to the end and I had to sit down and evaluate what I could have done better. Like, oh, this shot I could have done, I could have handled like this, this tee shot I did this. On this hole, I was just mentally out of it. But those thoughts of self-criticism have to be very short-lived. Like, okay, I've acknowledged that these are the things I need to work on. Now I need to focus on the things I did well. And you mesh the two together. Mm -hmm. Because if you're constantly focusing on the negative, not the negative, but on the criticism and what can be better, what can be better, what can be better, you always feel like you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. right? And this very much applies to us as coaches because a lot of times, yeah, we have Coach Aaron, who's our head coach, will sit in on classes, but he, he can't sit in on all of them. Mm -mm, no. Right? So he's going to sit in. He's going to evaluate. He's going to give feedback, both positive and critical, on, on criticism on what needs to be improved. And then it's our job as coaches to take that information, work on it, be like, okay, Aaron said that I speak really well, that I did my warm-ups really well, where I need to work is explaining the why on the weightlifting, right? right? So today I'm going to really focus on that. So if we can take criticism and turn it into a positive feedback situation, awesome. We have to be really good at that as coaches standing on our own two feet as well. So if we're always walking around saying, I'm the best coach ever, <laughs> like nobody in my class ever messes up, that's so wrong. Yes. Right? So we have to constantly be evaluating ourselves at all times. Right. That's why I really appreciate Coach Aaron's assessments like on our classes because I feel like our, my first assessment, he was like, hey, boom, 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 you got to work on it. And then every assessment since then, it's been like one less thing, you know. So I can, I can see from his perspective that my coaching is getting better with time which I love, I love to be able to see that. So I can, okay, so I worked on these three things, I got those down, but I still have to really work on these two, you know? Yeah. And it's a really good, like, reflective moment to just kind of be like, okay, like, I've come this far, but I still have to work on, like, A and B, you know? Yeah, and, you know, from, from an owner's point of view, like, from where Sherry and I started with just the two of us, and we've evolved into this amazing staff that we have now, and I've, I've admitted this many times in the past that when it came to leading and um, telling staff what they needed to do, we failed a lot. Like we would ask everybody like, hey, how's it going? How's everything feeling? And they'd be like, great, fine. Like, okay. You know, we were busy. We didn't have time to sit down and evaluate. We didn't take the time. It was our, it was 100% our fault. We've now been able to put a system in place to where we're all helping each other constantly. Like, hey, let me see what you're doing to help Sarah. Let me see what you're doing to help 930. Where are you getting stuck? And we're all very open about that. Like, hey, today I crushed it with my personal training client. They did these step-ups great that they didn't do the first time. 
remember, you know, Mel, you really helped me with that. And then we can also at the same time say, hey, the other day I had this person and I gave them these three exercises. And did I not do them right or help me? Yeah. You know, and to be able to be in that kind of nurturing environment that helps us all to grow as opposed to feeling like we're all being criticized all the time and yeah. always doing everything wrong. Or like competing against each other. Yes. Like that happens a lot in the work and like the workplace. But I feel like here we all bounce off ideas off each other and we all ask questions and we're like, hey, so so-and-so has this hit problem. But I've, everything I've given them hasn't worked yet. Like, what do you have anything else? You know, yeah. we do that all the time, and I love that about us. Like, yeah. we're always just communicating. Yeah, and that's really that's really important as far as not only our communication and us getting along, <laughs> yeah. but our level of professionalism. Mm-hmm. You know, as as coaches, it sometimes it's really hard for people to take us seriously. That we know what we're doing and we know how to solve deeper problems and that we do have the ability to change someone's life. When people view the fitness industry as just a place to go get their butts kicked. Yeah. And I'm just looking for a really hard workout that's going to leave me laying on the floor sweating and feeling like I'm dying. Anybody can do that. And if that's what you value in a coach is their ability to just beat your ass and leave you laying for dead. I mean, Anybody can do that. Yeah. That's, that's really not that hard. But to take someone who is diabetic, who is potentially morbidly obese, somebody who has major life issues, aches and pains, can't play pickleball the way they want to play pickleball, um, can't play with their grandkids the way they want to play with their grandkids or their kids, um, can't wash their dogs. Yeah, Like, to take people with real life things and help them to be able to do those real life things, reverse diabetes, lower cholesterol, eliminate blood pressure medication. That is real life shit. And that is what is really important when we sit down and talk about becoming a coach. And I think that's what I was really wanting to express to you when we sat down that day is this is a really important job. This isn't just a playground. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I'd love for us to talk about is you started with us at a time when we were a very competitive sports, more type of gym. And we've evolved into what we are now calling a longevity gym. Mm-hmm. I want you to talk about going from being the client in a competitive gym to now being the coach in a longevity gym. Like, how did, how did you feel going through all of that? Because you've been, you saw it from like every perspective. Yes, I did. Every perspective. <laughs> um, how did you feel going through it? What do you think about it? Tell me all the things. So when I first learned that we were kind of switching our programming to more longevity, I was like, why? I was like, we all are like competitive. Like three, two, one, let's go. We have the competitions. And then I said, like, it took me about two days to like really kind of just like sit on it and think about it. And I was like, you know, I gave Sherry and Andrea, like I trusted them with my body and my health. So why would that change now? You know, like these two, they know what they're doing, they know what they're talking about. They've been in this field for a long time. They've seen it all. You see, I've seen way more than I've seen, you know? 
So it took me a couple of days, but I was like, you know, the girls know what they're doing. I'm going to trust them. And honestly, if I don't have to do one more way to step up, like I will be okay. <laughs> Cause I hated those things, <laughs> but, um, it wasn't, it was more of me just like trusting you guys. Um, but I do, I did understand like the custom, the clients who didn't want to switch. I mean, I get that, you know, we, we brought in a lot of competitive mindsets and then to kind of be like, Hey, like this is our, this is our workout today. Like we don't have a score. Just do these three rounds and you're done when you're done. Like that, I think alone kind of blew everyone's minds. It was like, wait, so we're not racing each other, you know? Um, but now as a coach, I really appreciate the programming. I think a lot of our members are benefiting from it in a positive way. Like we have, we've always had like a lot of elbow issues and different kind of just like knee issues that went around through all of our members. And now we're kind of seeing that clear up. So I asked him member this morning, I was like, hey, how's your elbow feeling? He was like, oh, I haven't, it hasn't bothered me in a week. And I was like, oh, but you've been holding, I've, I've known you for four years and you hold your elbow every time we work out. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that just me trusting you guys and then kind of seeing it from the coach's perspective, like it all kind of just makes sense, you know? Right. You know, and um, Sherry and I are very open and honest at the very beginning of every conversation of mm -hmm. this is our vision. You know, we have this mission, we have this vision, these are our pillars, like we have it all laid out and we're very open. Like the vision of this thing is, this is a longevity gym. Like we are doing this for people to become healthier, to live a healthier independent lifestyle in your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever. And for the people that look at us and tell us that we're either crazy or no, that's not a the gym that I want to be part of a coach of, well, okay. You know, then that's it. No hard feelings. It is what it is. We get it. Not everybody is going to see what we see. What we love about this team that we have is that everybody sees what we see mm -hmm. and everybody believes in it so much that it, you almost feel like, why would you do anything else? Yeah. And not thinking back, I'm like, why? Like, I used to do CrossFit. <laughs> like, I used to beat myself up seven, six days a week, and I used to love it. Yeah. And now I'm like, no, I like our programming. It's enough. It's what we need. And it's keeping all of like our, keeping all of us healthy while still getting a good workout. And it's fixing a lot of our members' problems. So, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't miss like, CrossFit that much. Like, your back feels better. Oh, my back feels great. And my shoulder hasn't hurt in a couple of days. And it's hurt yeah. every day for like a couple of years. Nice. So the common theme here is that I put stuff off. <laughs> I'm stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> like I had pain for a long time, and but recently it just started going away. So. And you know that is that is actually the human nature. You yeah. know we have this like no pain, no gain. Um, pain is weakness leaving the body. Mm -hmm. Like we have all of these like hardcore mental toughness things. Listen, pain is pain. Yeah, it hurts. And when you live in pain, pain to live in pain is not normal. It is not a normal lifestyle, but people become so adjusted to it that it becomes their normal. And they wake up every day and they're like, you know what? I'm just going to have this shoulder pain for the rest of my life. Yeah. I, I guess I'm just getting old and it's probably arthritis and I'm just going to have to deal with it for forever. What if you didn't? You know, and it's not until awareness brings answers. It's not until you become aware of the fact that, you know what? This pain is not normal. And then you become aware of the fact that there's someone out there that could potentially help you 
not live in pain. Like imagine that life. Yeah. It almost seems unreal, you know? Yeah. When, especially when you've been dealing with it for so long and let's say that you're the type of person that not only are you like, whatever, it's just, it is what it is. I'm just going to have it for forever. Yeah. But not only are you that type of person, but also you've been to doctors, chiropractors, physical therapists, whoever, and you still are in pain. And now you, now you really believe all I'm left with is pain management mm -hmm. or surgery or like nobody, nobody can help me. What if there's somebody who could, you know, would you, would you do it? And on top of would you do it, what is that worth to you? So these are all very deep questions. These are things that we talk with our clients about. These are things that we talk with you guys about mm -hmm. as coaches, because once we personally realized the magnitude of our coaching capabilities and the things that we can really help people with that doesn't step on anybody else's toes, you know, like physical therapy is amazing and it serves a purpose and it has a scope and it does its job and it's amazing. We are the step after that. We have a client who had, who basically shredded her ACL mm. skiing, had ACL repair, went through six or seven months of physical therapy. She met the physical therapy and insurance goals of being able to walk. That's, that's the goal post. She met the, the flexion and extension test. She could walk from point A to point B. She graduates from physical therapy. She can't run. Yeah. So now what does she do? Now she's like, well, I want to be able to run. Who helps her then? That's where we come into play. Mm -hmm. Right? So Erin actually just had a, an amazing conversation with her and she started this morning. Get basically starting the process of getting back to running. She got back to walking. Now she wants to get back to running and being a part of our group class without having to worry about squats or lunges or knee issues. Right. So there's, there's a place for all of us. And what we've been working really hard on is getting people to understand that what it means for the coach to be the healthcare provider of the future. And we know what it means. What does it mean to you? Being the healthcare provider of the future. I mean, essentially it's just, it's like you just said. So that client that comes in, after PT and she can walk from A to B, but it's like, so what's next, you know? So for me, when I, when my back pain was before I came and got help from you guys, I went to my doctor and she was like, Hey, we can put you in physical therapy and here's some pain meds. And I was like, well, I don't want to be on pain meds the rest of my life. And I don't want to go to physical therapy again. And also in my family, we have a long line of addiction. So pain meds just kind of freaked me out to begin with. Right. Um, but that's like, I don't want myself or anyone else to have to be like a prisoner to pain meds or injections or just whatever the doctor tells them. Like it's more to it. Like you should be able to live your life and enjoy the things you want to do while being pain free, but still being active. Like a, some a shoulder pain or a knee pain shouldn't stop you from being able to go skiing or running or anything like that, we should get those things fixed and we can do it in house. And then so you can go and enjoy your life. So 
I was thinking about it when she prescribed me the pain meds. I was like, so I fully plan on living to 100 years old, right? That's my goal. Girl. <laughs> and That's my girl. <laughs> so let's say I have 70 years left, 70 years of being in pain and on, and on pain meds. Like that's not what I want to do. No. At all. Not at all. And, you know, this even goes for beyond. So let's take our people who necessarily aren't in pain. Um, they think that they feel pretty good. I think what people don't understand is that, you know, every minute of every day we're aging, mm -hmm. right? And the way you are at 30 is not at all going to be the way you are at 50. And if you don't start doing something to take care of yourself at 30, shit doesn't get any easier at 50. No. It does not. It doesn't get any easier. And you can see like your relatives aging and they start having a hunchback and they can't move. They need a walker. And I've, I've lived in and out of hospitals for my relatives, like for their surgeries and all types of things. And at a very young age, I was like, I do not want to do this. Like, yeah. I do not want to live in a hospital. Oh, hell no. No. And then, so after like that one incident where I couldn't tie my shoes, I was like, this is it. This is, this is the moment V. So I got up, got my phone and I emailed you guys. I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in, let's go. What are we doing? Fix me. Fix me. <laughs> like, I cannot do this. Get me, get me out of this. Yeah. Cause it only gets worse. It can get worse as it you can. age, yep, but absolutely. you can also get better as you age too. Yeah. I think people don't, don't really realize that. Yeah, absolutely. And it, the, the thing about as you age, things have to be more on point, right? So when I say you're not going to be the same person at 50 that you are at 30, that's both figuratively and literally, you know, basically our bodies change every seven years down to a cellular level. Mm -hmm. So the person that you are at 50 is actually 100% a completely different person than you were at 30. So the people that are like, man, I just want to do whatever it takes to be 20 years old again, yeah. physically impossible, mm -hmm. right? But you can work to a point to where you feel better at 50 than you did at 30. Like you can train and eat and sleep better at 50 than you did at 30. Yeah. It's, it looks different and it takes a little bit more effort, but it can be done. Mm -hmm. But it, it involves a lot of what you and I just talked about, which is awareness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awareness of your situation and understanding that you have to invest in your health and investing in your health requires you to really look at what you value in your life. And if you're going to really invest in your health, it means that when you go to the grocery store, you're going to spend more time in the fruits, vegetables, lean meat, good, clean eating sections than you are in the frozen pizzas that are 10 for $10 section. So granted, yeah, you're probably going to spend more money on Blueberries, strawberries, spinach, oranges, nitrate-free nitrate chicken, mm -hmm. lean ground beef, so on and so forth. However, you're saving yourself in medical bills down the road. You know, you walk into a gym where they say, hey, you're going to have to start with personal training and that personal training is not cheap. You know, none of this is cheap. However, down the road, you're not going to have to have back surgery, shoulder surgery, knee surgery, hernia surgery, whatever. You're not going to have to be on 
six different medications. Right. You're going to be able to get up and down out of a chair without having to ask for help. You don't have to walk with a cane. Like, what is that stuff worth to people? Yeah. And that's what you have to really look at is some people have no problem spending $200 on a Friday night on dinner and alcohol, but have a major problem spending over $200 a month on going to a gym yeah, and investing in a coach. Like Friday night, two hours worth of food and drinks, $200, changing your life for the long haul to potentially add an additional 10 years of quality lifespan. Right. And I think though that comes from mindset because I was very much that person who was spending hundreds of dollars every weekend on food and alcohol when I could have been investing into myself at the gym. But I feel like once not I'm on this side of it, I'm like, oh, like I don't even know how I even used to do, like live like that, you know? Yeah. Because now I don't even go into the aisles of the grocery store. I go to the veggies and the fruits and I go get my meat and then my my yogurt and then I'm out, you know? Like I don't even spend time in the aisles where all the processed food is. And before that's where I used to buy all of my, all my food. Yeah. It is, it's a, it's a major mindset difference. And, um, one of my clients comes to me three days a week. She has from 2020. I mean, we're on three years now for coming three days a week. And she's like, this is an investment in my health. Mm -hmm. She's like, I've lost 12 and a half pounds over the last year alone. My back doesn't hurt. I'm stronger than I've ever been. I can go play tennis. I can get out of bed. I can do what I want to do. This is the oldest I've ever been. And it's the best I've ever felt. It's like, but I also understand that this is how I want to feel over the long term without injecting myself with weight loss drugs or like a pain shot. Yeah. Or having to do like basically quick fixes. Mm -hmm. She, she gets it. She sees this bigger picture of investing in her health for the long term because the opposite of investing in your health is investing in your sickness. Right. It's just, you don't see that yet. People don't see that they're investing in their sickness until the doctor's like hard stop. Like you have heart disease, kidney failure, cholesterol, blood pressure, diabetes. Like let's list it. You need to change your life. And then by the time they're at that point, it's like, oh my, how did I get here? Yeah. And there's no quick fix for that. If it took you 12 years to get to that point, you're not going to fix that in two weeks. Right. I think I got lucky with my back though. It's like three days later, (laughs) I was like, oh, this back feels great. (laughs) And the best part about your back and what was great about your back was that it wasn't a, it's not like you had a herniated disc in your back. Mm -mm. All it was is you and I talked about your hip strength and your hip stability. We addressed it. It alleviated a flare up that you were having at the time. And since then you become more aware. Mm Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's, it's taught me how to address back pain issues with members that we have or clients. And I think me going through that really helps me be able to be like, okay, your back hurts. I have these things help you get a pain right now. And then we're going to work on strengthening the surrounding muscles. Yeah. And I'm also learning that right now with my shoulder too. Um, just trying to, because everyone, they hop up to the pull-up bar and they start grabbing their shoulders. 
And I'm like, okay, I got something for you. Let's go. You know, yeah. I just did it last week and then my shoulder feels great. Let's try it on you. Yeah. You know, you know and our, our experience, our life experiences personally make us better coaches. And that's really hard to explain to clients who are like, um, you have this new coach coaching and they're not as good as so-and-so. I'm like, you got to give them a chance mm -hmm. because in our industry, there is no, there's no education really that's a long-term process that it's not like we have a residency right. or an internship program. Anybody can walk off, walk in here off the street with zero credentials whatsoever and be like, Hey, I'm going to coach your 9:30 class, which we wouldn't happen. Let happen by the way. But that's, that is a reality. You don't have to have any kind of credential or education or degree or nothing in order to be a coach. It's very individual gym based as to what is required. And what we require is a lot of shadowing. We require as much experience as you can possibly get from shadowing us, sitting with us, having meetings. We put you guys through. Um, now there is an, an educational course. We have you guys all list, um, in the Active Life Professional course, which is a 13-month program mm -hmm. as opposed to a two-day seminar. So we're doing our best to change the way people look at this. And I think you've done an amazing job Thanks. of going from client to coach and understanding that this is not easy. No, it's not. It is a, I was talking to Sherry the other day and I was like, I am, I feel like I'm working like almost 24 hours a day. Except once I'm at the gym, I have my classes, I have my clients, I go home. I'm like, okay, so-and-so had this happen. Let me YouTube this. You know, let me Google this. Let me see what if I can dig deep. I'm always on my laptop to try to learn more mm -hmm. about just different issues that we can, that the body can present. Yeah. And that's what makes good coaches, great coaches is that they understand that they can always learn more mm, yeah. and that there's always somebody out there who knows more. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. V, you did awesome. Thanks. So if, um, people want to become your biggest fans and jump on your social media, do you remember your social media? I believe it's a v.a.star12 on Instagram. Hey, hey. Yeah. There you go. And Check. stars with two R's. Two R's. <laughs> Check her out. Give her a follow. Tell her how amazing she is. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks, V. If you found this episode useful and helpful, please share it with your family and friends and please leave us a review. We are the healthcare clinic of the future and we are building better humans.